Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the amazing Tammy Guest, who many of you probably know that name. And if you're like me, you'll be part of the Naturepreneur Hub Facebook group, which is such an incredible resource for us practitioners and nutrition students, naturopaths, all of the above. Um, But Tammy is a qualified naturopath, now turned business mentor, entrepreneur, speaker, um, and with a whole host of different things going on. One of the most exciting is the NADEX conference, which I'm very excited to dive into today, which if you haven't heard of that, we'll tell you everything that you need to know about that. Um, But thank you so much, Tammy, for joining me. And I'm really looking forward to diving into the many amazing things that you do. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's an absolute pleasure. So to get into it, let's chat a little bit about how you actually got started in the health and wellness space. Yeah, so uh, I was really excited uh, about the human body when I was going through high school. I just absolutely loved it. And um, I also loved art and and stories. Uh, And I was actually better at art and stories than anything else. Yeah. But um, my, I, I remember applying for uni and thinking, okay, what, what shall I do? Maybe I'll go for a Bachelor of Arts. And my dad at the time said, you know what you'll get from a Bachelor of Arts? I said, oh, what? And he goes, the ability to say, would you like fries with that at the end of it? I was like, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so instead, <laughs> it's savage. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and I often think about that when, when, um, you know, you guys, you've got lots of students listening or, or just fresh out um, types of grads. And it's really interesting the things that um, p- people who would put importance on their opinion say to us and we take as gospel. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's one of the things I find uh, with practitioners is we really put a lot of importance on those people that have taught us over the over the time we did our qualification and often the messaging is off the cuff and you know just a random thing that they've said and it's not really based on anything and the thing about business especially I'm just going to go off off on my little tangent yeah is that I I heard so many times when I was doing my naturopathy degree oh um you know one in five businesses actually succeed Mm -hmm. you you know you're doing this for the passion and you're not really doing it to actually make money. Yeah. And um, you can't possibly think that you're going to be a millionaire from this. That's like, what? You can't, you can't, you can't tell me what, how to limit my dreams. Yeah. And it originally came from um, this, this fully believing my dad's off the cuff kind of comment that he didn't really mean. And I ran into um uh, a degree in uh, medical and applied biotechnology it was my first uni degree yep. and um, my love of the human body was just like epic I just thought this is extraordinary how this works how that works how they interconnect I'm like a biochemistry geek um, I ended up working in cancer research but I got really disillusioned with the fact that we were working on such little little things that 
possibly couldn't make a really big impact. And so instead, um, I moved over into pathology and I was in pathology for about a decade. And, um, And again, I got to a point where I was like, but if I'm taking this woman's blood in the middle of the night and I go back and I test her blood and I I look at the results and I have to get her up like this. She was in her 80s and she obviously had like vitamin C deficiency, gum disease. She was dehydrated and I I hadn't even done my naturopathic or nutrition degree by then. But I could see that there had to be a better way. And so after 10 years in pathology, I decided I would retrain as a naturopath and nutritionist and a herbalist. And um, that's what I did. That's how I got yeah the ball rolling on that but yeah it has kind of evolved these past few years into my my new love of um, business and mindset so mm. yeah incredible and after you graduated you became a practitioner for a while I did yeah so um, as soon as I graduated I, I was one of those ones that um, graduated and in the year I graduated I um, got married got pregnant <laughs> and I was and I and I had those like oh my gosh, what if all of these years of training just disappear in my baby brain and I'm never going to work in this or I forget everything that I, that I trained for and I forget how I put my grand rounds together and how I take a case and all of the things. Yeah. I had so, so many worries about that, but I ended up working in a health food shop and that taught me a lot about acute case taking and how to quickly think of things and how to quickly come up with solutions to uh, you know, particularly ingredients of over-the-counter stuff and try and find the right thing based on the ingredients that I knew that the, the, that, um, the person in front of me needed. Yeah. So it taught me a lot about thinking on my feet and, um, and kind of by osmosis, it taught me a bit more about marketing that, I, that we just didn't get taught in our degree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, I had my youngest and I got really bored really quick with being, <laughs> with being a stay-at-home mum. So at about when he was about four months old, I started my practice. I was like, that's it. I'm going to work two days a week and I'm going to fill those books. And, um, and I sat by myself <laughs> in my own office <laughs> for two, two days of the week kind of um, consuming everything I possibly could online about um, how to run my business and how to, uh, you know, take things to the next level. And so for six months, I pretty much just studied again. And then all of a sudden I started applying it and it, um, yeah, it it grew quite quickly. I ended up with a multi-modality practice with nine other practitioners that I ran. Wow. And... Yeah, and um, I was booked out seeing 40 to 50 clients a week and realised that there had to be a better way than burnout, um, yep. especially as my, um, as my youngest started school and I was like, okay, this, this is enough for the burnout situation. I, I think as practitioners we really need to notice that there can, it can be a different way and it can be really... Um, unique to where you're at Uh, it can go with 
you having kids or not having kids. It can go with your love of travel or, you know, your love of safety and security and staying at home. It can go with as big as you like to be around lots of people or as small as you like and being able to pivot online. We've got so many options that um, I just don't think we're really told about. So, uh, yeah, and I've tried a whole bunch of those (laughs) uh, before I ended up um, just, I, I ended up, with uh, a whole bunch of students coming in. So uh, for the five years that I practiced in the big multimodality clinic, um, there was only about three or four weeks where I didn't have students in with me. And um, I I just thought that was the way that everybody did it. (laughs) I thought, I thought, oh, well, I've got all of these clients. Of course they can see all these cases. It, It makes sense. And like I loved seeing a dispensary when I first went to somebody's clinic. Why, why wouldn't you let people in? And I found out that not everybody does that. Like mentoring isn't um, a thing that's done across the board. And then I started to notice that in our uh, lunch times and in our afternoon teas, I'd be sharing all of the nuggets about business that they hadn't heard. It was like some revelation. And I was like, what? You're not hearing this type of stuff. Uh, so I had been kind of um, mentoring surreptitiously for about five years before I uh, I decided that it was time to change and and take everything uh, that I had learned about that and and really share it with the profession so that we could have a really big shift that I think we we really need. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. And how did you make that transition once you sold the clinic? Um, did you go straight into doing your online courses and masterclasses or did it start more with a one-to-one um, mentoring before all of the rest came? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I sold my clinic and then I had a really dark month because I had a bit of an identity crisis. And I think lots of people feel like this. You know, you might have given up something to become a nutritionist and, um, and that giving up bit, it, it's a process of grief, you know, you're, you're wholly and solely identified. And I met lots of, lots of practitioners who were originally identified as, say, um, a corporate, they were, they were flying the corporate ladder and they were doing so well. Yep. And then all of a sudden they become a practitioner. And there is a grief that happens with that because part of your identity is based on what you do for the majority of the, of the week. And uh, for me, I had created a community-driven multimodality practice and I'd served 7,000 people. Wow. And, and, and I had to go, oh, that's, that bit's finished now. And if I'm not that, then who am I? And so uh, I had a really dark month and then started to follow the little breadcrumbs of curiosity about, okay, what? what could I acknowledge myself for? What am I actually really good at? And I started to hear from other people about what I'd helped them with um, in my mentoring. And then I was like, oh, and I've taken everybody on retreat. You know, I'd taken uh, at the time probably about 150 people on retreats. Um, and my retreats, although they were health retreats, uh, I, started, I started to uh, niche into entrepreneurs, um, uh, burnt out, adrenaline fatigued entrepreneurs. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I was a burnt out, adrenaline fatigued <laughs> practitioner. <laughs> and um, 
and so I started started noticing, oh, I love love taking people on retreats. I love taking people on a journey and I love mentoring practitioners. I could totally do that and I could actually create something to do that. And so I, I thought, oh, I'll just start a conversation. Um, how about I start a group so I can just get a whole bunch of practitioners together so we can talk about stuff that I want to talk about, like business and mindset, because yeah. there wasn't really a space for that. Mm-hmm. So the Entrepreneur Hub started in that dark month where I was like, I just want to talk about business. I want to talk about freaking out about change. And I want to talk about, you know, I want to help people because if I, I love having the conversations about, oh, my website's this, I love these colors. I, here's my vision board, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so the hub evolved from there. And then a couple of months later, I was like, oh, I wonder what could happen if I provide like a weekend where we just talk about this for the whole weekend so I did I did one here in my hometown and um and I was freaking out because I'd sold my practice and then I and it's it's really weird to be around your own types of people I can get up online and talk to all sorts of random strangers but your own type of people I was like oh but I shared everything that I had done to get fully booked out I shared everything I'd done to look after myself through adrenal fatigue I shared all of that And then what they were asking for at the end was, well, could we do like a semester with you based on all of this stuff? I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Sure, I could run something a semester. Let's get together once a week and I'll put a a little program together. And then I I have a love of travel and I was like, oh, I really, really want to go and visit a few of my friends in other states. So I decided to run this same program. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a half-day event in all of the states of Australia. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, how, that's how all my courses started. I decided <laughs> I would visit my friends and I'd run this event and everybody got on board. So I ended up with uh, our first 30 people in the Entrepreneur uh, journey and, and then we went on retreat in Bali at the end of it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love the way that all started and, yeah, the way you shaped it around what you loved (laughs) and this is the thing everybody can everybody can yeah Yeah. absolutely and so was that like the first version of Natex or did that sort of come later was the original ones just you speaking or did you start to bring in guests no they were all just me speaking for a workshop and um and then I'd been I'd run probably four three three entrepreneur clubs yeah and which is the six month program and um and taking people out on retreat and what I started to notice was that's all good and well to take my you know 30 to 50 people away uh every six months that was awesome but I thought this is a drop in the ocean and I want to make a paradigm shift for our profession I want to actually talk about this with everybody I don't you know, and there's so many cool people that I'd started to meet and started to be um, connected to that I thought oh, our whole profession could totally do with this. Mm-hmm. And I I was attending a lot of uh, entrepreneurial events and um, conferences mm-hmm. here and overseas, um, a lot overseas. Uh, I've been I've been to Costa Rica and Canada and Bali and Thailand and. Uh, England and America all for these amazing events and they're just wow. game-changing to be in a 
first to be immersed in an environment that feels like a holiday and it changes the way your neural pathways work. So you're soaking up information and serendipity happens. You meet the right people and you chat, have the right chats. And, and I was like, why isn't this a thing for our profession? This is, you know, corporates get this all the time because they've got lots of money and they, and they do all these really cool things for their executive teams. Um, entrepreneurs get this now and I'm visiting them all. But we're missing out on that amazing vibe and this amazing connection um, and an amazing immersive experience to absorb that information when it comes to personal and and business development as a practitioner. We've got heaps of clinical stuff. We are a plethora. There's waves and waves of clinical stuff. Yeah. Um, But the access to each other and the access to networking and business in a way that is fun yeah there just wasn't that and I was like I can't just keep doing this 20 to 50 people at a time I want to do it for like 500 practitioners yes and that's wh- that's where NADEX was born yeah amazing and so how did you start to put those together maybe let's start with the ones where you were just doing them um you obviously did them in different states so what was the process from going okay, well, I've got to find a venue and I've got to market it so people sign up and come along. Um, tell us a little bit about the behind the scenes of doing that and then we'll talk about the bigger one afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the I, I can still see myself sitting on the couch typing away and saying to my husband, well, there's these couple of places and um they seem okay and I really like the vibe of these places but this one's not quite right and this I can't imagine everybody eating party pies and sausage rolls that's a bit random for naturopaths and nutritionists so (laughs) what what it came down to and what I what I've taught um, quite a few practitioners who have done a a road show or a um a a seven seven state tour is that um Essentially, all you're doing, instead of all the stories that come up, is you are picking a date and a time and a place that matches the vibe you want to create, and that's it. So I just sequentially got the dates. I was like, this is how much time I can spend there before I need to take a flight, and then I have to take the flight. So I got all the dates. Then I was like, what's a place that I get that vibe from so that I can share that vibe with other people? And I've been to a lot of co-working spaces and um, it's one of those things as practitioners working solo that we forget that we need and we really need connection. We really need inspiration. And um, sitting in an office by yourself with no windows and getting people coming in that are dumping all their stuff on you because they don't have anybody else to dump with and then walk, then walking out the door and you just get the next dump and the next dump. It's not the same as seeing somebody as your collaborator, seeing somebody who also has been through that the past couple of months, seeing, you know, seeing each other in a different way. So co-working spaces are a great place to do that. You get to um, talk to people and vibe and collaborate over competition and innovate over, you know, recreating. So uh, that's what I did. I was like, okay, where's the co-working spaces that'll hold 30 to 50 people? book that book that book that book that book that and then um then it was a matter of uh this is the other thing that people get tripped up on but then how do I market it well all you do is you put up a sales page and you tell people about it 
That's it. A sales page, a sales page is a web page that has a button at the bottom that you click. And um, again, I got my knickers in a knot about that. But then I was like, oh, it can be a PayPal button. And then, then the money was coming through for me to pay all the event spaces yep. rather than having to wait for something like Eventbrite that doesn't pay you until you've done the event. Okay. So um, so it was really, it, it was done in two days. I was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was all booked and ready to go. And then uh, it was just a matter of telling people, and yeah. so where do, where do all the people hang out that I, I wanted um, at the event? Well, they hang out in the Natrepreneur Hub, so I told all of them. Yeah. They hang out in a couple, couple of other Facebook groups, so if I, if I could let people know, I told them there. Yeah. And um, I told all of the uh, colleges. So, yeah, we had a wonderful, wonderful time in that first, first round. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it would have been so much fun. <laughs> what a cool thing to put together. Yeah. Comparison, was it very different when you did transition to the bigger events and getting guest speakers um, and everything that Nadex is today? <laughs> yes, but I beautifully was very naive going into it. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it, it kind of helps to not know because it's a bit like, bit like having a baby they don't tell you everything and then you have and you're like what why did no one mention that yeah I can imagine there'd be so many moving pieces there is and this year in particular it's um it's kind of uh doubled with the amount of moving pieces because we we're now running a hybrid event Mm -hmm. um and so we've got all the online production side of things and we've got a conference app and we've got um all of these other ways and means of technologically getting it to everybody rather than just having it one of one event space and having all of our wonderful speakers um you know at the event space and and holding it like a big party really yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um uh the first year um we had nodex i just invited all my entrepreneurial friends to come up and speak on stage um people that i talk to all the time about the things that i really love talking about which is business and mindset i just got my favorite people to hop up on stage and talk about those things and i also got um the people that I, I get nat struck by. So it's like hashtag nat struck, like starstruck about these people that you're like, oh, that person is doing such an epic, epic job in our industry and in our profession. I can't help but not want them up on stage. They have to be there sharing their, their wisdom in the same way that I'm sure you do with the podcast. Uh, you know, you write your top 10 favorite people down and you're like, how do I get in contact with these people? <laughs> How do I get them to say yes? Um, so it's the same same kind of thing. And then um, just applying the logistics of putting uh, putting people up on stage, making big choices about um, about things that I didn't know about, but now I know lots about <laughs> audio visual and um, how to create a vibe and how to create. I mean, a lot of it I applied from uh, the the retreats that I've been doing for the past seven years as well. Yeah, you take people on a journey, so you want to start somewhere, you want to take them to somewhere else, and then you want to finish really amazingly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's it's how do we put all of the pieces in there uh, visually, um, 
speaker-wise, story-wise, and experience-wise. That's why it's called the Nutrepreneur Experience. I'm really big about experiential learning. And experiential learning is you having to do it, you having to say yes and feel uncomfortable and feel the fear or feel the whatever because it sinks in in a way that you probably wouldn't be able to get if you don't just go for it. So um, things like last year we had a ball pit (laughs) and everybody was jumping in this ball pit and we took the ball pit up in a a van of 25,000 balls and blew this ball pit up. (laughs) And And it was the most amazing networking experience that you could have. None of this boring, here's my business card kind of crap. Everyone was jumping in there, getting all these wonderful prizes that were hidden in the bottom of the ball pit. They were sitting and waiting and talking to one another, meeting people in a way that they wouldn't usually. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so we do some really cool stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. And where do you get your inspiration and ideas for cool things like ball pits and other ways to keep people engaged <laughs> and having fun? Yeah, so um, I'm I, one of my top five Clifton strengths is ideation, which means I get ideas all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's one of the things that a lot of people that have ever worked with me notice that I just, ideas just come to me and I have to pop them up on like a, uh, an imaginary bookshelf. Uh, and Nadex is one of those. I had Nadex uh, on the back burner for about two years, yep. um, nearly three years. It was just like, and it, and then it starts pestering me until I, until I do the thing. Yeah. And so similarly, um, I had, I'd been playing the idea around making the event hybrid so that everybody who was in the Entrepreneur Hub uh, or in the, the practitioner world could access it wherever they are. Yeah. Um, it, it had been playing with me for a while. And then, of course, COVID hit and, and it was like, well, time to bring that one on board. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I get uh, inspiration from there. I also get inspiration from I still am very much in um, I, I invest uh, tens of thousands of dollars in my own um, uh, continuing education uh, around entrepreneurship and business and mindset. So I'm often at, um, at conferences, either online this year especially. I was on a couple of conferences and, um, and other places that uh, that I go and visit for things like I, I went on an art retreat last week and I've got all these ideas about that. So, um, yeah, lots of different places and spaces for that. Yeah, brilliant. Do you get help with those things like the audiovisual um, and sort of like the even event styling and all the little pieces that you wouldn't necessarily have thought of before committing to something this huge? Are they the sort of things that it's like, well, that's not my genius zone I'll bring someone in to help me or do you learn about that stuff and figure it out on the fly? So to begin with, I learn about it because um, you either have a beautiful amount of time or you have a beautiful amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing with having um, ha- at the beginning of something when you don't have another job or you don't, you've got more time. You don't have this excess of clients coming through, but you've got more time but you haven't got a lot of money, you got to figure that stuff out. And the beautiful thing about that is you can always go and figure it out from Google, if not YouTube, if not you, there is somebody in your world who already knows the answer to that. Yeah. 
And we are so resourceful and we forget how resourceful we can be. Um, so I, I was doing that the first time round. Mm-hmm. Second, second time round and, and beyond, uh, I, I recognised the things that I sucked at <laughs> that were taking up all this time and taking up all this energy. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big vision thinker, so I, I hold the vision and everybody else, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we, we need X amount of money for that. Great. We just have to figure out a way to invite X amount of people so that that, that amount of money can go to my events manager and on the ground I don't have to deal with all the details of the day-to-day or that kind of running of it because I have to actually be up on stage while all that's happening. Okay. So it's a process of, of um, and, and it's the same with any any business, you know, um, when you're starting out in practice, you've got all this time and you've got to be able to try and figure things out. But when, when money starts to come in, you have to start to be discerning on where your zone of genius and where your uh, highest and best use actually is and then everything else underneath that, there is somebody else who is way better at that than you. They are a genius at that. It's going to take them one-tenth of the time yeah. and, and they're going to actually enjoy weird shit that you hate (laughs) and they're going to thrive in it and so you should definitely give them the money to do it (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) cool so do you have a big team helping you or is it just a tight-knit small team so um up until this year it was myself my husband who's our uh, our mc on the day yep um and my two VAs, that was, that was it. Wow. Uh, and then we had, um, we put a call out every year for volunteers and they're usually new grads and it's so fun to be with everybody, um, to, for them to see behind the scenes and for us to, we usually create like a little team, um, a team environment because my husband and I were both um, executive coaches as well. So uh, we love creating leadership and team orientated events. So it's like a mini event inside the bigger event of Natix. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was that's that was it to begin with. But then we brought on our events manager. She's amazing on the ground on the day in ways that I couldn't possibly. My brain just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, and then we this year we've also brought on our online team, which is uh, six incredible people. Um, who are all technologically savvy, understand uh, audiovisual and lag and other random things that I that my my brain can only fit a certain amount of bandwidth in there, and that yeah. stuff just doesn't fit in there. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So all in all, we've probably got a, yeah, like I said, we've doubled the amount of people on the team. So it's it's brought some interesting um challenges and interesting support this year in a way that I haven't had before so yeah yeah so interesting and did they build that for you the new people that you brought on for this hybrid experience Mm, no so um what I love to do is work with people on projects so um I've actually yeah and um so I've got a developer team that um I got in contact with and so they were just on the on the conference that um, project and that that's it that that's um, come to completion for what the base of what that needs to be and then other people in my team are now able to do what they need to do to get to the next version of the app because we've got the foundation sorted for that so yeah um 
I have the same with my graphics um, team every year. I have somebody else doing graphics every year. And this time we've brought on another practitioner who's amazing at graphics. And um, so she's on just for the project. Um, and yeah, it's kind of fun doing it that way again, because yeah. we get new new insights that we didn't have before and other bits and pieces that we, we can't see because we're so in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And you work with a lot of big brands, like the um, practitioner brands like Metagenics and Biocyticals and all of those. How do you sort of develop these professional relationships with them and get the events sponsored by them? Yeah, so that was really interesting. I reached out to a couple of other people uh, in the industry um, when I was just starting out and they didn't answer me on a question like that. So I love that you, you've asked that because no one was telling me like, how do you work with them or who gets paid? What money goes around? What do you swap for swaps? Like where's the value exchange? Like it, yeah. no one talked about it. So the, the thing that I found is that we're not actually working with a big corporate. We're actually working with a whole bunch of humans. Yeah. So I didn't realize it didn't click in until I started to go, actually, that Instagram post that is like, like, like from the big corporate, like that big supplier that you were talking about, has this quirky element to it. Somebody put that together. The corporate didn't put it together. Somebody put that together. I want to talk to that person. So I slid into their DMs on Insta and I was like, this is one of my, one of my favorite posts of yours. Um, thank you so much for putting your stuff up. Uh, and, and then just it's human to human, not human to corporate or, yeah. or you know, business to corporate. The old way of doing things just, um, it doesn't gel with me. Yeah, I love <laughs> and, the way you look at that. That's really cool. <laughs> and, and so instead I was sliding into DMs and then um, some of them, of course, were sending me, well, no, we don't do that. And here's our professional email address and blah, blah, blah. And others were like, oh, my gosh. That is so cool. It's so nice to be recognized for something interesting that we're that we're doing. We've actually started to think this way or we've actually started to do this other stuff. So um, that was probably the, the biggest tip um, to, to speak with them like that. And then um, I love getting on a phone call. So you can make up lots of stories. When I um, back in 2014, I ran my first tele summit and um, it was before podcasting was huge or anything like that, but I really wanted to interview 10 of my like Nat struck heroes. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to talk to them, you know, unless I had to go to a symposium or a conference or that kind of thing. I thought, but I, d I also don't want to talk to them about their clinical stuff. I want to talk to them about how they did their work and things. And I thought, okay, how am I going to just talk to them? I can't just ring them up and go, hey, have you got half an hour just to have a chat because I just want to pick your brain about business. So instead I created a whole tele summit. Wow. <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> well, well, I thought that that'll be the excuse. If I can, yeah. if I have a tele summit, they'll have to say yes to me. But if I'm just talking to them on the phone, this random chick from running a clinic in Newcastle, they're not going to talk to me. <laughs> So it's similarly, I had the kind of same thing with Nutx. I was like, well, it has to be a better way. How can we get everyone together? I'll create a whole conference. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about getting, um, getting the people onto that, that tele summit taught me was, again, 
these people who are CEOs or these people who are, you know, um, running seemingly multi-million dollar companies, creating uh, products that go into the market of um, Woolworths and Coles and places like that. And you're like, wow, they're still a human. And when you call them on the phone, they've still got their kids and their dog whinging in the background and they've still got their other things happening for them. And just like any other human, they want to be acknowledged for the work that they're doing because they're trying really hard. We're all trying really hard. And um, every supplier is trying their best yeah. to to provide uh, products and a service in ways that are interesting and helpful. Yeah. And um, if you can find the thing that you really love about these um, organisations mm -hmm. and connect with them on that, then you have an op opportunity to go and I happen to have this, this tele-summit or this conference or this podcast or whatever it happens to be and I'd really love you to be a part of it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not even sure what that looks like yet, but I would love you to be a part of it. How could we do that? Yeah. And then it's a conversation. It's not like the be all and end all and you're attached to the outcome kind of stuff. It's like, here's the open door. What shall we create? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And do you find the bigger Natics gets, the easier it is to get more people on board? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, it's been a really, it's been a really interesting shift that's only happened, uh, recently. And, and the same thing happened with, um, you know, it's a micro, this is a macrocosm of a microcosm I've already experienced as a practitioner. You get to a point where there's a tipping point. Enough people know about you as a practitioner, enough people have seen you, enough people have spoken to enough people that the word of mouth just becomes its own kind of thing. And essentially you just think about, oh, I'd like more people this week and all of a sudden your books are full, you know. <laughs> and, and so it's kind of like there's a tipping point that happens when you have provided so much value that the ripple effect starts coming back in and out like a tide. Yeah. And um, I didn't, I'd forgotten about that <laughs> until uh, recently when uh, lots of organizations <laughs> have started coming and asking us to be asking to be a part of NatX. And, mm. uh, and it's, and it's wonderful because that means we can um, get more humans in front of other humans to help one another. Yeah. And, uh, um, and so it's, it's a really great ripple effect that started to happen and, and that's turning into a tide and affecting lots of other different uh, areas. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, incredible. And if you had to give like a rough estimate of how much time goes into organising that yeah, <laughs> is it possible to give like a bit of an estimate? Like is it a you do it all year long in dribs and drabs or is it like an intense three-month or one-month thing to pull it all together? I'm sure there's a lot more involved and this is trying to make it a simple answer. But <laughs> mm, Okay, so I, I'll give you a little rundown of, of the behind the scenes of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so, um, <laughs> so NADX happens and it's amazing and it is everything I hope for and more every year. Yeah. Um, 
and it happens in February and it's extraordinary. And now I've learnt to block out the week afterwards and I take myself away on a trip. Uh, this year I was in Fiji straight after Natix. Wow. Good time um, to we, go right before the lockdowns. Uh, and it was. It was literally a fortnight, a fortnight before everything got crazy. So, yeah. um, uh, and and I, I have another trip away planned straight after Natix um, in 2021 as well. And, um, but it's, yeah, in Australia this time. Um, so, <laughs> so that happens and then, even during that week, yeah. I, I'm physically and emotionally exhausted generally because I love holding space for aha moments, whether I was a practitioner, whether I was a, a, in, in a laboratory scientist, whether I, it, I, I'm running retreats. Like I love holding space for aha moments. And when you've got 250 people ahaing all over, you know, two and a half, three days, it's like, wow. So there's a little come down, but at the same time, I've got more ideas coming through. I'm like, this worked, this didn't work, this will work better next time, this, 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 this. Yeah. I come back and I have I have a meeting with my team, my my two VAs, and um, they're like, okay, give us a timeline. What's the plan for the marketing for the next year? What's the plan for um, uh, social media? What's the plan for, you know, what's your theme? What's the story we're telling? What's the this, what's the that? And so... I have the theme for the following year picked basically the week of Natix. So, wow. yeah. Um, and it kind of comes through from what everybody needs as, as the community kind of feedback comes through. So, um, and then we're, we're relatively quiet until uh, June. So that's nine months out. But as soon as nine months out hits, uh, it, it's kind of like, right, we've got to get the first um, role of the ball going and we've got to make sure that everybody knows this is coming up and that they have it in their in their, in their mind's eye and then we have um, uh, and plus we've got all the sponsors on board and all the partners and um, we've got to make sure that uh, they know what's happening and what what's available um, for uh, dates and times and exhibitors and like you know, if we've got 15 exhibitors, it's like putting together like a, a I don't know, a, a music festival. There's all of the different tents and there's all of this kind of stuff happening. Uh, so we've got a timeline for them as well. Yeah. And then uh, then we go into making sure that everybody knows about it. So then we, um, the six months out, we start to do our marketing. And then the three months uh, going in, so just starting now as of November into February, it starts to get crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so we, um, and I'm consistently thinking about it all the time. I'm consistently thinking about the profession, what would be best for the profession, what would be best. If, I'm, if we are co-creating a ripple effect, how, how can we do that in the highest and best purpose of everybody involved for the profession and the industry? And how can we... And how can we do it better? Like I'm consistently thinking about how can we do it better? How can we get it out to more people? How can we make it as cheap as possible for everybody to access it and take action on it? How can we, you know, and, and so there's a constant upgrading and a constant kind of uh, communication. My poor husband hears about it all 
the time. He's like, okay, we've had enough Nardex talk. Now, now can we talk about my business? <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, I, don't, I, I couldn't put a figure on it, to be honest, but it's there. Yeah, it sounds All like the time. a long thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And what would you say are some of the skills needed to put together something like Nadex? Mm. Uh, <laughs> naivety. <laughs> naivety. <laughs> Positivity, optimism, um, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, ignorance is bliss. Um, no, uh, Okay, things, a passion. Yeah. A passion. Um, you have to be really passionate because just like any part of business or any project, your your passion is your kind of, um, passion's not the word, but your, I, I really want to make a difference um, to the point where it's actually, um, it can be detrimental. I can take it too far, you know, <laughs> um, it, because I am more invested in the outcome for our whole profession in a way that is just a bit silly because it hasn't changed essentially for, I don't know, 60, 70 years. So it, it's kind of like, oh, I can just do what I can do rather than I want the whole thing. So yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> so a passion for doing what you do, a passion for um, uh, kind of the change you want to create and the value you want, you want to bring, yeah. uh, a, an ability to know what, what you suck at. So I know what I suck at. I know what uh, I put off and, and, and takes up too much of my time and I know how to quickly find the right person to do that. So an ability to know what you suck at and delegate it to somebody who doesn't suck at it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I am really lucky to have a great team as well. So having Murray as my husband and he hops up on stage and does emceeing cause he's brilliant at that. He's an amazing, um, relater and he is also really good with spreadsheets. So he takes all my crazy visions and then puts them into <laughs> a spreadsheet, <laughs> Um, all my crazy timetables that are in my head for you know well that person's of course she's going to be on in the morning and of course that one's in the afternoon have you got that written down anywhere no it's just all in my head so having an an amazing partnership an amazing partner and again um, knowing that my weaknesses are his strengths and um, my strengths are his weaknesses so my big vision thinking uh, comes in really handy for a lot of things but the details stuff needs to be taken up by others um and the other thing is a tenacity to keep going. Um, it's really easy in any business or any project to just want to give up, but um, it's the pushing through, knowing that you're helping one person, let alone 350 that we've got this year. Um, it's helping those people and just showing up and help that person show up, help that person show up, help that person. So there's a tenacity to keep, keep helping people, I think is one of the big ones as well. Yeah, brilliant. And so tell us a little bit about the other areas of your business as well. So we've talked a lot about Nadex and you also do your um, six-month membership. You do um, a couple of online programs and do mm. you still do the retreats as well? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I help 
um, new grads by giving them free resources. So um, on my website, there's just a whole page of free resources. And whenever anyone asks for something, I'm like, oh, I can totally make that. Here you go. And so new stuff appears on the, that page all the time. Yeah. Um, I help I help uh, with the new grads through the scav hunt, this, um, the entrepreneur scavenger hunt. It, it came out of the idea that um, I used to run them for my kids and my kids were uh, – have gone through well my older ones have gone through year 12 and they were doing a scavenger hunt I was like this there's, there's places online that would be super fun to find okay these are the things that we need to start our business properly that nobody talks about yeah because they take a little bit to go and do so if we created a fun way of doing that so I made the entrepreneur scavenger hunt for that yeah. um and then I have uh, e-courses, so um, an e-course for practitioners to create an e-course. I've got um, and launch an e-course, and there's been some amazing results with that. There's just it, I love the ripple effect of of where these courses have taken um, practitioners in our profession. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Natrepreneur 101, which is um, essentially next leveling your business uh, in a self-paced kind of way. And then I've got my six-month mastermind and um, and we, we go on a retreat at the end of that. Yeah. Ah, so cool. And is putting yeah. a retreat together similar to putting together something like NatX or is it a whole different ballpark because it's overseas and longer? <laughs> <laughs> so um the retreat that we've got coming up is actually here in Australia and yeah, um, it's me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and and I think there's a level of heartfeltness that you don't generally get. Um there's a depth that comes with it, but it's really similar kind of skills that you have to have a tenacity to keep going, a love of holding space. Um I want to help each individual person there and um, and the how important the journey is to take people on when it comes to retreats um, really um, it keeps me going to create those aha moments so I love that and um, yeah retreats is my my heart whereas um, you know uh the conference is is my head and my heart so it's it's kind of bouncing in between like highway of yes great idea oh great emotion yes great idea oh feel that so it's kind of like that whereas um retreats are very much an extraordinary heart space that shifts in ways that are energetically um profound (laughs) Yeah, yeah would be Brilliant. And so you love mindset. You're very passionate about mindset. So this next question will be a good one. What would you say is one mindset shift that's necessary for nutritionists and naturopaths and natural health professionals to be successful in what they choose to do? It is primarily the knowledge that you have figured out the entire human body to get your qualification. Mm. And that is one of the most complex, most intricate most insane things that not very many people do so I promise you figuring out a business is you're going to piss that in (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good way to look at it you don't really think about that do you it's like that is what we learn (laughs) yeah and that's the most complex most insane most ever-changing oh my goodness and you're on top of it all the time I promise you you can figure out any other little tiny piece of your business along the way yeah yeah (laughs) Brilliant advice. Um, and if there was one book that you could recommend to the listeners to read, what would it be and why? 
So um, mandatory reading. Oh, you can't just say one. What are you doing <laughs> saying one? Like. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a fellow so, bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> so um, probably... So mandatory reading for any of my courses is actually The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Yeah. Um, Gay Hendricks and his wife are actually relationship um, coaches, but his first book, The Big Leap, is all about what it takes in your mindset and what comes up along the way that you just don't usually have words for. And um, the whole notion of staying in your zone of genius and getting other people outside, like he, that's where the term came from, um, Gay Hendricks's book. So uh, I read it on a flight um, and, and, <laughs> and the big leap is about, um, you know, going up through levels and bumping up against your comfort zone and bumping up against and so there was turbulence happening as I was reading this book so it's been it's always been a big one uh, for me and uh, when people are getting stuck and blocked it's one of the big ones that I suggest and the other one obviously um, one of my best mates is Denise Duffield Thomas and she has um, Get Rich Like a Bitch is one of my favorite money mindset books and um, I happen to have a little quote or two in there <laughs> as well mm -hmm. um, and and it's irreplaceable because it's stuff that we've never been taught and as a profession we need to be taught it because it's it's endemic that we have have we shine a light on the fact that we are running businesses that have to exchange money and the way we feel about that money is going to change the way that money flows through our businesses and our lives yeah. and if we want to have a life that we love as well as being a practitioner we have to start thinking about money in a different way and it's one of my favorite books about that so yeah yeah brilliant I've heard amazing things about both of those books so great recommendations yeah. and mm. if there was one thing that you wish every natural health professional was taught about business what would that be oh one thing we're better together um we're better together it yeah. it's so easy to think in the old school competition, us and them mentality, corporate and little old me versus like there's this a lot of these versus you versus this versus, and that's all just crap. It's all just such a load of crap. The more that we can talk to one another, and the more that we can share a little bit of wisdom, the more that we can hold each other's hand and support one another, the more that we can high five one another, the more that we can shine a light if there's a dip in the front, it, it, you know, if somebody's about to fall in a hole and you can shine a light on that hole, gosh, we're all better for that. And yeah, I, I think that we have, we have, we're riding a crest of being able to provide, um, you know, every opportunity for people who are affected by chronic health conditions and mental health and all this other stuff. And we can't just do it alone. How can one person help 7 billion people on the, and we can't, we can't just do it with one company supplying because obviously what we saw in COVID happened, we all needed bloody vitamin C and everybody needed to go all across every different, and they were all working together behind the scenes, getting all of the raw materials to each other. So yeah. if they can work together, we can work together and we can work with each other and them. Like it's yeah. all, we're just so much better together. 
Yes, a hundred percent. I completely agree with that and love that you said that. (laughs) Um, So another question, what would you say a typical day, if you have one, would look like for you? Does it change a lot because you work on those different projects or have you got like a little bit of a day-to-day or week-to-week structure? Yep. So I've got a a week-to-week structure. Yep. Um, And it's changed over time. Um, I really love having Freedom Friday. So Freedom Friday for me used to be Flying Friday because I um, was learning to fly a helicopter before COVID. (laughs) And um, so I'm able to fly a helicopter. I just, um, I've, I've stopped this year. So uh, it used to be my flying Friday and now it's freedom Friday. So I get to do things that fill up my cup and, uh, I paint and I do, um, other bits and pieces on a Friday. I often meet up with people that I, um, in my local area and things like that. Um, Wednesday, Wednesdays is my, um, my client facing day. So I do all of my coaching calls and all of my, um, connections with my, um, group coaching and my masterminders and uh, that's all on on a Wednesday yeah um, and then the other days are generally uh, connecting with bigger organizations uh, podcasts and interviews other bits and pieces as well and then um, yeah so generally I will get up in the morning my hubby makes me a cup of tea um, in bed and I'll meditate while I'm having my cup of tea in bed uh, I love having a bath in the morning. So probably three out of seven days I'm in the bath. <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. I, um, I do yoga and then I, um, I journal with my tarot cards or my guidance cards. Yeah. Um, then I do my inspired actions. So I make sure I know what are the three most impactful things that I could do in the day to move my projects and my people forward. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I will check in with my VAs, check in with my emails. Um, I've got a really big thing about um, creating versus consuming. So I create first. So if I'm going to hop on social media, I'll create a post first so that then I've created before I consume anything. Yeah. So I'm not keeping it all myself. I go into a death spiral in socials. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, then it'll be... Ooh, some mornings I, I volunteer at this lady's um, place at the moment. We've got this massive, she could have a botanical garden. Um, and so uh, a friend of mine and I are now going and helping her out with her veggie garden and her medicinal herb garden. Oh, so <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, then, and then I get to come back and do another kind of check in with my emails, check in with my Facebook groups around about lunchtime. Yeah. Um, and check in with my team and then I go and pick up my kids from school (laughs) yeah Yeah. so um, that's pretty much what a day looks like (laughs) yeah that's amazing I love that you've got so much fun and freedom in within all this like incredibly impactful work yeah yeah Yeah. Um, I do too (laughs) and it's a possibility for everybody this is the thing I just um I can't express it enough. You have the opportunity to do it too, just given the right um, model, business model that works for you and given the right money mindset and then given the right marketing to, to look after all of that, you can live whichever life you want and be abundant in it. So, yeah. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this has been such an incredible episode and I'm sure like myself, the listeners have learned so much, but before we do wrap up, are there any parting words of advice you have for the listeners? Hmm. When you get stuck, just ask, well, why not? Because there's something that I see time and time again where we go into these little spirals of, but but I'm not good enough or I haven't got enough experience or um, I, I'm too loud, I'm too quiet or there's too many other voices in there. That's fine. But there's, there's, there are all the whys, but why not? Just yeah. give it a go. See yeah. what happens. Run that little experiment. <laughs> and if it falls flat, then you've given it a crack. Uh, and if it leaps, oh, my goodness, you could be running a hybrid event for 350 practitioners all around the world all of a sudden because your little experiment and that question to why not ended up actually creating a ripple effect that we all didn't even know we needed. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Love it. It's good advice to leave on. And last but not least, where can the listeners find you and follow along your journey? Come along to Nadex if they want to and all of the good stuff. Tell us where to go. So it's just www.tammyguest.com and on all the socials, it's Tammy Guest with an S on the end. Yeah, nice. Nice and consistent and easy. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Tammy. It has been so insightful and it's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. It was so much fun chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.